Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Happy morning to you out there or whenever you listen or wherever you listen. We're certainly honored to be able to come across your airwaves and we just think it's a great opportunity for our community to come together and talk about that junk we go through in life. Life is filled with junk, Stephanie Wesco. I mean, have yeah. has there ever been a day for you without junk out there? Oh, I'm sure there has at some point. You know, maybe on your honeymoon, you know, or maybe the junk didn't matter at that point, you know? Yeah, that's probably more, that's probably more what's it. Oh, where you're a little baby and, you know, all you're doing is drinking and eating, you know, maybe, maybe those are good times, <laughs> I, but you still have the diaper issues involved there. Well, I don't want to go down no. this road, but anyway. Yes. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll leave that alone. Stephanie's saying my kids have been out of diapers for years, so I'm over it. All right, so <laughs> he, here we are. And, uh, you know, we, we've been dealing with this characteristic of PTSD, Stephanie. And I really want to be succinct. I want to be, uh, I want to put stuff out there that's really helpful as we talk about what people suffer from and the kind of junk that folks go through. And yesterday, I, I wanted to dedicate this whole week or this five podcast system. I want to dedicate this entire week to looking at triggers what triggers do to people and, and, and how to react and how to handle those things. So yesterday, Stephanie and I introduced triggers. We talked a little bit. We made an example out of fireworks, or I made an example. Stephanie spoke on that a little bit. Uh, but we want to dig into this a little bit more. So when we think of triggers, again, we know uh, that we have, first of all, a trauma that causes PTSD, that trauma may be everything from seeing people killed in the military, whatever the case may be, what Poor Stephanie went through seeing her dear husband martyred. Um, I think the greatest percentage of people we see are people who've been physically assaulted in their lives. That's a trauma. And uh, so once we know these traumas, and they may be multiple, and in Stephanie's case, Stephanie suffers from complex PTSD. And we just put, we're not sharing any secrets out here. Stephanie decided, and Stephanie and I decided to begin into this stuff. We're putting out there whatever we do. We're just normal people. We don't hide stuff, man. We just, if we're, if we're going to be of any help at all, we're, we're just going to tell you folks that we're messed up. And we're going to tell you how we're messed up. <laughs> So, so you'll stay away from that. We, we've decided, we just put everything out there. You know, we don't share names. We said, you know, I often say that if I'm backslid and lock the doors, plus we're going to introduce you on the podcast, but everything else. And, and once in a while we get funny without even trying, but anyway, so we deal with trauma. Stephanie deals, if we're laughing about this with complex PTSD, she's so screwed up. She has a double batch of it, maybe a triple, who knows? <laughs> But thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. You still deal with that the same way, though, Stephanie. I mean, it's still for those of you listening to us, it's still the same thing. You still except you have more triggers because you're dealing with more events. And so we want to talk about these triggers. And one of the verses that touched me, we're going to let Stephanie talk about her triggers here in a minute. Uh, but one of the things that 
one of the verses that's been a great help to me, Stephanie, is over in Proverbs 27. We're not quite there in our study yet, but Proverbs 27, 12, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So I, I think one of the things we should remember here is we got to, we have to try and do whatever we can so we don't put ourselves in those triggers. As Stephanie's going to say in a minute, well, she's kind of got eight triggers at home, you know, and, and, and about six of them, five of them look just like her husband and, <laughs> and, and, and things of that nature. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about your triggers and how you stay away from those. So, um, boy, I have a lot of triggers. Um, it would definitely to narrow down, um, I, I'm better than I was. Okay. But, um, I live in, and I'm proud of this, but I live in redneck, good old USA. And so, um, come summer, you know, there's, there's a lot of gunshot noises going on. And I love that from the aspect of, I love that I live in a country where people have that right and, um, that freedom. And so I'm not downplaying that at all. I am not at all anti, um, anti second amendment in any way, shape or form. I'm completely pro pro second amendment, but all that to say, since, since everything happened in Cameroon, when I hear a shotgun blast, it messes me up. Okay. It's not like it was, um, first year after we came back, every time that I would hear that, it would literally make me start shaking so bad. I would almost throw up like that. That that's how bad it would like immediately mess up my nervous system. Now it's better. Okay. Now it it takes a lot more to send me over that far of an edge, but it's there, you know, where your body tenses up, you move away from the window you have to close your eyes and say, this is okay. Nobody's shooting at me. This is okay. You know, you just have to keep telling yourself, this is okay. God's got me. There's no, no bullets are coming through my windows. Um, and so that, that's, that's a very big one for me. Um, I have sons who love, love guns, love shooting, love hunting, love all that stuff. And I love that they love it. Yeah. Um, but when they want to go to the store and, and want to look at ammo, okay, I don't do good looking at ammo. Mm. All I picture is all the entry wounds that ammo left on Charles. Yeah. And so these are just based, I mean, this is just the rough ugliness. Um, and again, these are things that sometimes it'll be very slight. There's other times it'll be like a raw open wound again. And so a huge passage that has helped me, um, that, that encourages me when I reach those points where it's kind of, sometimes it leaves you saying, why God, why can't I just be a normal person? Why can't I be a quote, good mom to my boys who can just go shooting with them where the thought of that right now terrifies me because I'm messed up. Why, why can't I just be normal? And, um, Satan will throw all these fiery darts. He will use triggers that that maybe aren't because it, they're not your fault at all that you deal with them. But Satan will use those as fiery darts to say, "See, you're incapable. See, you can't, you can't do life. See, you're failing your kids. See, how can God love you when you're this messed up?" And so Romans eight has become a very precious passage to me because the end of the the end of the chapter says, "Who can separate us from the love of Christ?" Mm, yeah. 
shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor um, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you can easily throw any trigger you're going to face in the things that are listed here. And to understand that in all these things, we are before Christ. We are justified. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so when you face those triggers that maybe leave you crippled, I remember days when shotgun blast left me literally hiding in my bed. That's how bad they messed me up. I'm not there anymore. And that's because of God's grace. That's because he keeps working. He keeps healing. But to understand that Jesus doesn't see you as a messed up, broken piece of nothing because you have triggers that mess you up. He views you as more than conquerors because of his love. Amen. And and I think that's, you know, the great thing about what you just said, Stephanie, is I think it helps us from the perspective of, you know, we, we get better. And uh, as God works on our hearts and there's still stuff we need to stay away from, but at some point, what Stephanie's saying is there was a major change in that trigger. So she was able to flow from something that was like, Oh my you know, I need to lay down. I need to wrap up. I need to pray. I need, you know, I get real worried and, and, you know, let's just say friends, you know, panic is real. Anxiety yep, is real. Is. Raced heart rates are real. And all these yep. things can be brought on through triggers. That's why, you know, doctors yep. are always telling people, you know, breathe, yep. think about what's going on. Well, God's word, we've got that covered. We still think we're, we're, we're medical folks around here. We, we think it's okay to go to the doctor, you know, and Stephanie with her eight kids, I think she has a doctor on retainer somewhere and a <laughs> dentist. I mean, she's She's there a couple times a month with a kid, unfortunately. I mean, it's a, yeah, but, but I think, I think here's, here's a pretty cool fact that came out with you, Stephanie. The pretty cool fact is this, if you're in God's word, if you're celebrating the victories in your life, I just find that God just takes edges off things more and more, yeah. a little bit at a yeah. time. He just erases those edges that are so sharp. And, yeah. and friends, so I want to encourage you that like Stephanie, uh, you can get help in that area. So, you know, we forgot to ring the Christmas tree, Stephanie, and I was heartbroken. Oh, so I'm going to yes. ring it right now. All right. So I rang the Christmas tree that sits on my desk. Yeah. We made it through (laughs) chapter 16 and forgot to ring the Christmas tree. So we want to start chapter 17 with a ring and, and, uh, we'll hope to remember to go ahead and ring it, uh, as we go, (laughs) as we finish up 17. But as we look at 17, uh, you know, there's so much going on in the book of Proverbs. Whenever we start a chapter, I, I like to write down what I think the chapter is talking about. And, and we kind of know what all the Proverbs is talking about, wisdom, folly, and stuff like that. But I think in this particular chapter, as I read through it and looked at it last night, I think it's dealing with wisdom, justice, and family. And we're going to see a lot of that and how we handle those things. So if you can remember those three things, wisdom, justice, family, I think that's where we find ourselves in Proverbs 17. And I kind of like this first verse. It says, better is a dry morsel in quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. And so it's coming right out and saying, you know, better is a dog bone, Stephanie, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, than, than a house full of burnt 
prime rib, burnt sacrifices and smoked meat and things of that nature where there's strife going on, where there's bad juju in the house, where people are fighting. And uh, I would rather just have enough to get by or just enough to fill my belly uh, than, than any of these other things. And, um, you know, and I think, Stephanie, and I don't have a lot of proof of this, but I think abundance sometimes leads to, you know, deterioration of moral fibers and abundance sometimes lead people. Look at me. I can get all this. And I think that's kind of what it's talking about here as well. I'd rather have a dry muscle. I'd rather have, you know, a dried up piece of meat. I'd rather have than to have all the meat in the world, all the great sauces in the world. All the stuff. Yeah. And have strife. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. No, when I, this passage to me is powerful, this verse and just a fun, practical thought it brought to mind when we read it was, um, you know, the, the popular old little house in the prairie series, Yeah. um, that, you know, is timeless, honestly. And that series is going to always be loved. Why? Because it, it exemplifies this verse and something that I've always loved when you study even through history is sometimes it's the simple things. It's the simple ways of life that bring the most joy, that bring the most fulfillment. And, um, it makes me think of, you know, we got to Cameroon, we had so much less stuff Mm. than we have now. You know what I mean? And we, we had sent everything we needed over and we had sent over a bunch of the kids, special things and all of that. So it wasn't, but, but we had so much less and you know what? I think that's part of the reason those are some of our, our most precious memories of our family's yeah. life. Same thing living in the motor home, you know, when we were crammed into this teeny weeny 36 feet for 10, nine of us plus an accordion and chalk talks. I mean, Charles carried an entire, you know, room of, of ministry office supplies in Mm. the motorhome, And it was okay. We had so much fun. We learned that living with little was absolutely perfect. And that's what I see in this verse. And, you know, you, I think we have become such a stuff driven society. We have forgotten that God created people. He created us for relationships with each other. He can create us to communicate with each other. And my boys have said to me, they're like, you know, we're Lord willing, we're planning to take a family vacation where there's no internet and we're all looking forward to it. We're looking forward to having some time where it's about us spending time together without all that other stuff. And so I think that's what this verse is talking about. Take the time, make, make it a point to have a dry morsel yeah. and quiet. Yeah. Yeah, just do that. And and then in, in going into verse number two here, Stephanie, it says, A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causeth shame, and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. And, uh, you know, having rule, it, you know, it's natural, uh, I think. Let me put it to you this way. So, I, I thought I want to say this story before I explain where I'm going and you guys will understand what I'm saying. So Ronald Reagan had a, an adopted daughter named Maureen, had a daughter named Maureen. So mm-hmm. Maureen and I think Michael Reagan were adopted with his first wife, Jane Wyatt. And, and boy, Maureen became a real big troublemaker during the Reagan administration. You know, they were causing a lot of problems, mm-hmm. getting the press involved, saying things about her dad and things like that. And uh, I, he had nothing to say. He constantly avoided the questions and things like that. And then one day, 
one day someone finally got to him and said, hey, what do you think of Maureen? What do you think your kid, you know, getting in trouble and doing all this? And, and Reagan turned around and said, if you, if you don't have one kid who's rebellious, you haven't had enough kids. <laughs> and, but if you think about wow. that, people are going to deal with this. You know, a, a wise servant, you know, you're going to have rule. Uh, over a son of course is shame it's going to be there and uh and, and having that rule you know uh bringing that wisdom in there and and sharing an inheritance you know through those things among the brothers so um i think that you know wisdom it's, it's not a privilege of birth you know wisdom is something yeah. we grow into it's not you don't look at a birth announcement even in biblical times and say you know Doug born wise uh you know Bill born <laughs> foolish it, it's something that we obey the laws in this particular Old Testament times or put ourselves with Christ we learn we continue to go on and uh, we got to have a rule over these things we don't uh we don't you know, abort missions because we have a kid that goes bad. We don't throw them out with the bathwater. Um, we just do whatever we can to have rule over them, get them back in line. And boy, that inheritance, when they get right, they'll share it with other family members. Yeah. And I think something that I see in this verse too, is it says a wise servant will have rule over a son that causes shame. And what I see here is that wisdom in a relationship takes precedence blood ties that that being close to a wise person takes precedence to a relationship with someone who maybe is blood blood related to you but is hindering is is a is a problem you know and what i see here is that this is a son who's a fool this is um a family member who's chosen the path of foolishness in some way, shape, or form that's causing shame. And there's, you know, a gazillion ways that could happen. But what's interesting here, too, is the fact that God says that kind of relationship, you know, we I, I talk on here a lot about the Hicks. And not that it's in any way, shape, or form identical to this verse. But when I see this verse um, of having part of inheritance among the brethren, in other words, they're your family. This wise servant became family because they were making the wise decisions and they were, they were the true source of wisdom in this relationship. And I think of the Hicks in the way that, you know, they're family by choice and they're every bit as much, if not more, than a lot of quote unquote blood family because wisdom's at the root of the relationship. And that's what I see here. And that's a beautiful thing that God's given us is the body of Christ where we have an inheritance together in Jesus Christ in his, in his treasure trove of riches for his children because of wisdom. That's, that's, and you know, wisdom encompasses love and hope and faith and all of these precious things that are part of, of what makes us have this relationship. But the fact that it's saying a servant can be closer to you in everything that's important than a blood tie family bond. And that's, that's a powerful thing to say. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think just going from where you're going is you to be that wise servant, you have to take that role. And uh, that's really important. You have to step out. You can, you know, you can't be an under, 
uh, underground or a secret agent in these types of things, you've, you've got to take your role, folks. And, and remember that it's hard for me. I'm just being honest, you know, and I think it's important as we look at scripture that we just be as honest as we can, because it's easy not to necessarily do that. And then in 17.3, it says the finding part, meaning the refining, the finding part is for silver in the furnace. The finding part. Pot. You said the finding part. All right. So uh, are we going to make fun of the, now you got that nasally Scandinavian thing going on and I don't say anything to you. And so I, if I, sorry, I couldn't, okay, I'm going to say pot, pot, like potty. Okay. I got it. I got it. All right. So we may or may not get through verse three today, friends. Uh, but anyway, the finding like refining pot is for silver in the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts, the hearts. Oh my. Now I'm watching the way I speak. Now I sound like New York to me, man. Uh, but listen, hi, hi, is that, oh, I know who that is, but I can't, I can't start talking to you for a minute. We're almost done no. here. <laughs> but anyway, so the refining pot, think about this for a minute. So they put silver in there. It's a little, you know, that, that particular pot, it's a little less expensive. You know, they refine silver in there. And, and the way you refine silver is you, you boil this stuff and you scrape away the scum from it and the impurities and stuff like that. And you keep on boiling it until you have this beautiful silver. And, and you know, there's different rates of silver. Sterling silver is one of them. And there's even higher silver than that. But it means how long you refined it, how long you boiled it, how long you heated it and got rid of all that. And then it talks about the furnace for gold. And gold's the same way. We we scrape away to things that aren't gold. We want you know twenty four karat gold. We want beautiful gold. We we want gold that's purified. And then God uses this verse. And uh, what I like about this, but then the Lord does that for us, Stephanie. This is about for our hearts. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, and I, and I know we're coming up on the end of this podcast, but I want to give Stephanie a minute here, but remember folks that there's things that are used for refining gold. There's things that are used for refining silver. There's things that are, are used for doing a lot of things, but God wants you to remember that he's in charge of refining hearts. That's right. Well, and understanding that, uh, someone doesn't put silver or gold into a fire or into the pot because they hate it. They do it because they're trying to make it beautiful. They're trying to make it exactly what it should be so that it can bring beauty and be worth so much more. And God never puts us through a pot finding pot or through the furnace because he hates us. No, and that's, that, right. that's, that's the beautiful thing to remember here. And you should come forth as gold, like that song says, and the Bible says. Yeah. So, uh, folks, we, we started this off talking about triggers, and Stephanie was good enough to speak about her triggers and how they're changing, how they're evolving, and how you stay away from certain triggers. We mentioned that a prudent man stay away from all that stuff. We went through and talked about the verses. We talked about that we would rather have a dry morsel, something all dried up, and just barely able to eat. Uh, then have a house full of prime rib when you're dealing with strife and anger and people who are mad at each other and those types of things. And, and we went through and we looked at, again, these wise servants and, and how God makes us wise, how he refines us, and God alone refines the heart. We sure do love you folks. We uh, love the opportunity to come across your earwaves, and we look forward to having you with us again tomorrow. If there's anything we can do for you, make sure you go out and find us at Helpful Wounded Spirits. May God bless you. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.